Hello, and welcome to Checking the Gate, a film and religion podcast's worst episode ever. I am Michael M. Patty. <laughs> and I'm Robert Wright Stasco. And today we are talking about the shining cinematic examples, Machine Gun Preacher, starring Gerard Butler of Gamer and Timeline, and... <laughs> And in TV Corner, Sleepy Hollow, starring the 7-Up guy and somebody <laughs> whose head isn't even shown. <laughs> That's right. I love those commercials. Make 7-Up who, who doesn't? Oh, those are, that was the best ad campaign ever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Where were we? <laughs> uh, we were uh, Sleepy Hollow and Machine Gun Preacher. Oh, yes. That's right. That's, um, a, that's a new record. Yes, this is this is episode 31, by the way. Yes, episode 31, and it seems that only 30 seconds in, we've already gone off the rails. Already. <laughs> I, I, this, is, this is another episode where I, I'm on record as saying that I, some, some of the movies that we've done, like the Chronicles of Riddick, and even as far back as Thor, that I'm not sure are, are worthy of quote-unquote scholarly discussion or even our minor basement-level pedantry. <laughs> However, after having sat through two hours and eight minutes of Machine Gun Preacher and five episodes of Sleepy Hollow, I believe we may have sunk to a new low. Uh, this is our, our bottom shelf special? <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Well, let's talk about Machine Gun Preacher. Uh, All right. Why why don't you start off before I go on a rant? Why don't you start explaining? Give, give us the plot summary and tell us why you thought this would make a good choice for the show. Okay. Well, uh, Machine Gun Preacher is a small independent movie from the director who gave us – let's see. What did he give us? Uh, Quantum of Solace, World War Z, and Finding Neverland. Yes, which I enjoyed all those films. I never um, saw Finding Neverland, but I, I I like Quantum of Solace, despite what other Bond fans say. Um, yeah. Like I actually like the movie. I thought it was a lot of fun, and I enjoy watching it. And World War Z was just okay. Oh, you know what? I did not see World War Z. Uh, I take it's, that so, it, back. It's okay. Yeah, I take that back. I did not see it because everyone said, "Oh, it's not like the book," and blah blah blah. But no, it's it's. Yeah. Nothing, literally nothing is left from the book. Except the title? Except the title. Um, Read the book, enjoy the book, audiobook, especially if that's your thing. Um, Movie's just okay. It's not the undead that I know and love. Um, It's not traditional zombies, but, you know, it's it's okay. It's fine. If your choice is a machine gun preacher or World War Z... World War Z. Take World War Z. Okay. Well, Mark uh, Forster, who brought us... Uh, in all those movies, I thought, well, that's a good director, and this has a, a very evocative title, and it has uh, a rom-com mainstay uh, Gerard Butler, so it, you know, I, I thought we would give it a chance, because usually I've seen a movie before I recommend it for the podcast, I had not seen this one, so I was like, oh, let's, let's try something here, because I read I, something I, about I, what it was about, and I thought it would spurn sort of a an ethical discussion. 
Yeah, I can't remember if this comment made it to the last episode. I, I don't actually listen to the finished product after we record. <laughs> I don't I don't have time. Um, I, I know what we said. I don't remember. So I don't know if this actually made it uh, into the show. But uh, I remember saying that Machine Gun Preacher sounded like a Robert Rodriguez movie starring Danny Trejo. <laughs> I, I don't think it was, but that's a good point. It, uh, well, Gerard Butler, wasn't he the main Spartan in 300? As well, oh yeah, the guy with his mouth open on the on the movie poster. I, I forgot about that. Yes, that's this is Sparta. Yes, that's Gerard Butler. Yes. Uh, he was he was also the Phantom of the Opera. Oh really? And he was in the yeah. yeah. I like the movie, but I really wish they'd gotten some better stars. <laughs> uh, the first thing I ever saw Gerard Butler in was Timeline, uh, written by Michael Crichton, and he plays a character named Merrick. And literally through the whole movie, Paul Walker. First thing I ever saw Paul Walker in. Also, uh, <laughs> where's Merrick? Where's Merrick? That every character is looking for him. <laughs> that that I I don't recommend Timeline. Yeah, I was sorely disappointed after seeing such uh, great Crichton gems such as uh, you know Jurassic yeah. Park, uh, and Andromeda Strain. Kaga was okay. So was Sphere. The timeline was, was really bad. bad. I don't. I don't even. I remember seeing it, and Samuel Jackson did this. Yeah. <laughs> this, this must have been part of his Jurassic Park contract. Yeah, maybe. So, I don't even remember it. I know I saw it. I know Dustin Hoffman and Samuel L. Jackson are in it. I don't remember anything about it. Anyway, Timeline's terrible. And uh, directed by Robert Zemeckis, I think. Somebody awesome directed Timeline, and it it sucks. Richard Donner. That's right. That's who it was. Yeah, and it's... Yeah, I I didn't like it either. It was very disappointing. It, It seemed to go nowhere. Uh, yeah, the, was... the 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 middle aged French people all speak English. Yeah, in the, book, in the book they at least try to explain it, but it's a stupid explanation, it, like a babblefish essentially. Yeah, and it's the book's no good either. Anyway, back to Machine Gun Preacher. Anyway, so so I started watching the movie, and I was initially disappointed because it starts out it's telling the story of Sam Childers. He was this uh, drug addict, uh, biker. Uh, he's getting being released from prison for doing something. Yeah, he's um, out of prison all at twelve hours, and he's shooting up with his buddy again. Yeah, uh, yeah. He uh, means he's upset his that his wife quit stripping. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He wants her to go back, and uh, she quit because uh, she found Jesus and was going to church and yeah. didn't want to do that anymore. And so. and I will say I will say this. There's a funny line where uh, his buddy played by Michael Shannon says, "Well, better than some other guy, I guess." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, at the end of one of the other podcasts, I played the old tragically hip song, The Reformed Baptist Blues. I don't and, think I know that one. Yeah, it's one that wasn't on a record. They only played it live in like in their very early shows and one of the lines is, I can't go complaining if the other man is God, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so it's, you know, he doesn't want to go to church with his girlfriend. So poor Gord Downey. But that's neither here nor there. Kind of, I think, of the same situation that maybe Gerard Butler was in the beginning of the movie, his character Sam Childers. So he's he's out doing drugs with his friends, and they pick up a hitchhiker, and he ends up stabbing this hitchhiker and dumping him at the side of the road. As one does. Yeah, an everyday happenstance. But he 
uh, hits rock bottom at this. He, I, I guess this was going too far for him, and he, he turns to his wife and says, help me. So she takes him to church where he just decides to go up and take an altar call, gets baptized, and it's saved. And, and that's the end of the movie. He turns his life around, yeah. doesn't commit any more violence, stops drinking, and becomes a family man. The end. Yeah. No. No. Well, it, for for many people, I guess that would be the end of the story. But I, I don't know. If it wasn't based on true life, I, I, I guess I would have been like, I don't understand the path that this character is going on because it wasn't yeah, like – we'll, we'll talk. we'll talk more about okay. that based on a true story thing later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right, well, uh, I'll continue with, then with the story. So he uh, he starts going to church, he cleans his life up, he gets a job in construction, he's uh, uh, nicer to his wife, he's spending time with his daughter, and he meets a missionary who comes to his church and is talking about uh, the children in Sudan who need help. So he goes on a short-term missions trips over to Sudan, and they're building all the other people on the trip are like, hey, we're going to go to the town and, you know, get some R&R. And he's like, no, I'm going to take I'm going to take a tour. I want to go up north. And they're like, that's a war zone. He's like, I know, because he he heard about the horrible conditions that uh, the children are living in and what happens to them. But he wanted to see for himself. So while the other people were playing it safe, he goes and sees what's happening. He doesn't take the the tourist (laughs) attraction. He sees the real deal. And and th- this was a turning point for the actual Sam Childers as well. He sees uh, a small child get his uh, half his body blown up by a landmine, and that was the turning point for him. He's like, I have to, I have to do everything I can to help these people. So he goes home and he builds his own church to support his ministry of going over and building an orphanage in Sudan, uh, which is uh, going through a civil war north and south. I think the situation has not changed. I think it's. I think officially South Sudan is a country now, but this this was taking place in the the middle of the middle aughts. The middle aughts, yeah. So the second half of the movie is his trials that he endures, getting the orphanage set up, the other uh, factions of the government trying to stop him, um, you know, burning it down so he builds it again. He tries to find some kids, and they can't fit all of them into the truck. So he's like, we'll come back for you in a few hours. He comes back, and the the government has killed all the kids already. A lot of these things kind of put him off, and there's a little bit of a family drama where he's spending too much time in Sudan and not enough time with his family, but that gets resolved at the end. and It doesn't really end. It doesn't have a, a real conclusion. It just sort of stops We've hit our two-hour mark, and it's time to stop the film. But uh, the real Sam Childers is still working in the Sudan, um, trying to help the kids. And Yeah, he does tote a machine gun, and he does preach. So he's a machine gun preacher. The end. Now, my biggest complaint, first and foremost, it's it's a horribly acted and directed movie and, and written. It's based on this guy's book. Yes. And... It's so after-school special, cliched, and the the dialogue. At one point, his daughter screams, "You love those black babies more than you love me." That never happened. <laughs> that is just manufactured drama. The movie's full of stuff like that, where you know they 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 set him up, and then something goes wrong. Something terrible happens. Yeah. And then we see him in church. 
and then he gets re-encouraged, saves some kids, and then something else bad happens and for two hours. Which brings me to my second point. I don't believe about half of the things in this movie actually happened. I think this guy actually exists because they have footage of him at the end of the movie. I think there is actually a crisis in the Sudan. I'm not exactly sure how much gun-toting and violence he actually did himself. That also said, I don't remember what show it was, but I remember we were talking, I think it might have been The Walking Dead, about um, heroes and anti-heroes and likable characters. Yeah. This person is not a likable character, and that rubs me the wrong way. This person never actually got over his thuggery. He no, just, he didn't. He used going to the Sudan as an excuse to keep busting heads and shooting fools up. <laughs> yeah. And I I question his motives in building the you know, of course the movie makes him out to be a saint helping the kids. But he's right there with the with the machine gun and we see him in the church. God doesn't want sheep, God wants wolves. Well, of course he's going to say that. He's justifying his thuggery. Yeah. I I didn't like him, and I I didn't like the movie. I I thought it was terrible. Yeah, I think the beginning part was not as good as the second part. They they didn't really give, I don't know, a believable uh, change of heart and a change of character. Or they didn't give enough, I should say. Um, Right. They didn't go into his inner monologue. He just sort of gets up at at the prompting of his wife to go forward to receive Christ, you know. And it wasn't they didn't show like any of his discipling or the learning process, or it wasn't even uh, a compelling sermon. It was, you know, that oh maybe I should change. It was just sort of like you need to do this, go. Yeah. And, and that wasn't if it wasn't a true based on a true story, I probably wouldn't have believed that. That's not how I came to Christ. I don't know if, you know, I I know of people who have um, been in prison and have, uh, you know, come to the Lord in that situation, you know, hitting rock bottom. But it was through the camaraderie of other Christians and witnessing with them and which is just sharing your life story, just being a friend to people. And this is more like, you know, his wife told him to go, so he did. Uh, So that wasn't compelling to me at the point where he goes to the Sudan. I, I, I could see that seemed a little more believable to me. I know it seemed like totally incredulous to you. I no, I'm sure he actually did go to the Sudan. I'm sure there actually is an orphanage. I I'm, I'm questioning his motives. Yeah. You know, the, when we, when we see him in, in the bank showing the pictures of the kids yeah. to the banker, that's, I, it's it's hard for me to put into words, but incredulous is is a good. It, it lacked credibility. Yeah, I, I feel like it was either dramatized or fabricated. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm, there's a fine line, and I'm not sure which. Yeah, I I, I kind of agree. I think it was probably more weak dramatization and. Bad I mean, script Argo writing. was dramatized, but you you never. <laughs> it, it didn't have the same turn off uh, sense about it that this movie gave me. Well, I 
I like the the second half. Like I said, I like that better than the first half. Because maybe in, in most ministries you don't go around with a band of soldiers keeping your guns oiled, and you know, that sort of thing. Um, but there are ups and downs to it. Uh, you, you have successes, you have failures, and, and sometimes you carry on under your own steam when you should be carrying on under the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit working through you. You can see where he was trying to find that balance in that line or where he was going too far, taking his failures too hard. There, There's probably a, a lot more that went into it, and it, like like you said, it was probably just over-dramatized for the movie to maybe condense something that had been occurring over a, a longer space of time and you know condense it into a few minutes of film narrative. <laughs> Yeah. Fun fact, uh, you know, they talk about Coney, the dictator. I don't know if you remember on Twitter the hashtag Coney 2012 a while back. Well, that's the the warlord that they were in oh, opposition yeah. against. And his name isn't pronounced Coney like it is in the movie. That's wrong. It's actually Cone, I think. Oh, really? Yeah. So there's there's another... I. I, I actually did a little research for huh. for this episode. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I stick to my assertion that it's badly written, badly acted, and I don't like the main character. Did you watch through the credits, Robert? Yes, I did. Where, where they were showing the actual footage of him over there. Yeah. And he, he gets on camera and, and he says, uh, if I told you I could get one of your loved ones who'd been kidnapped back, would you care how I did it? Yeah, you're well, a you're a vigilante. You're you're a God's mercenary. I, I, I'm going to I'm going to use a euphemism here. You're a donkey pit. <laughs> Figure it out, folks. Kids, don't ask your parents. He's yeah. he's a donkey pit. I I don't like him, and I don't want to watch his movie again. Yeah, well, I'm not asking you to. I just just okay. one time. <laughs> so, um, sorry, but... I don't have anything more. <laughs> critical or but, I, I but, genuinely didn't like it but that raises a good question and yeah his he was asking it rhetorically but does it matter i mean if you're doing in the united good, states it matters you know he took his vigilante act over there and you know whatever if he wants to work out his aggression but is, I, but <laughs> is god still Working through him, he's yes. yeah, he's I'm, Austin Hedges. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. But he's he's saving the lives of these kids. He because they would be either be sol- turned into soldiers or dead in a few days, or the the soldiers would just be killing them anyways. Now these there were kids who were they were living out in the jungle because if they spent the day in the village, you know, there's a a high chance that they would be kidnapped or tortured and or killed. So I'm not saying that's not actually happening. I'm saying he's over there to play war. Yeah. But and and, and here's the, the question. Should more Christians be upset about that or should we be contributing to his ministry? Um he does have a webpage. He's still doing this. You can go it's machinegunpreacher.org I think. I'll have it on I'll post it on the show notes so you can take a look at it. But yeah, he's still doing this. So I guess, you know, when he says, does it matter, uh, I'm asking, does it? You know, <laughs> is this, should should we be uh, trying to stop this person or should we be helping him? So that's that's my question. What do you think? If the real life man is anything like 
Gerard Butler portrayed him in the movie, what would you do, Michael? I'd be worried about him bringing his vigilanteism home with him. Okay. You know, huh. it's all well and good in the war zone, but when you come back, you see what I mean? It's a slippery yeah, slope. It is. And I, I worry. I, I just I saw him killing people in the movie, and I'm like, he's not a soldier. What authority does he have to be wielding a gun? What authority does anyone have to do that? What's the difference between America and Sudan? Because, you know, everyone's going around there. Toting. You have, like, the you have a legitimate government, but then you have the rebels, but it, you know, who are fighting against the government. But the government is the bad guy here. They, the people working for the government are the people coming in, burning whole villages to the ground, you know, killing and raping all these people. And the rebels are trying to stop this. And it's... Uh, part of it is is religious too, because um, the, the South is mainly Christian and the North is mainly Muslim. So you have this, uh, you still have this awful stuff going on, and you know, like we talked before, you know, the religion is sort of an excuse to for thuggery, yeah, as you say. <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I'm curious to see like how how much of this stuff is actually true, like how many. How many people did uh, Sam Childers like actually kill or maim or you know in the protection of these children in in the name of the Lord? Yeah. So if you look on IMDb and I think Box Office Mojo, you see that this movie did very poorly. I'd never heard of it. Yeah, I and don't... it came out between Quantum of Solace and World War Z, and yeah. I'd never heard of it, and I, I didn't realize it was an independent movie. Because it has a name director and a name star. Well, it had a small budget, but at like seventy million or something. I, I, I think it only made like ten million. Where did they actually shoot it in uh, the Sudan on location? I don't think they would actually go to a war torn country to. to do that. I have to. I, I have to research that some more. You don't think Sam Childers would have protected them? <laughs> now here, let's, let's see. Oh. Budget, oh, oh, my numbers are way off here. Uh, budget was thirty million. Uh, gross was half a million. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So, yeah, that's just according to IMDb. Um, you probably have more accurate numbers on Box Office Mojo, which uh, is a very cool site, by the way, because it gives you like day by day breakdowns of how much money a movie makes. So I was I was watching that when Pacific Rim came out because I'm jonesing for a sequel, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. So, okay. So, uh, dare I ask what your final judgment is <laughs> on the machine gun preacher? <laughs> if nothing else, I I learned about the atrocities in the Sudan and knowledge is power. Oh, okay. I was not expecting something positive, but okay. I I've I've exhausted my vitriol, I think. <laughs> At least till we get to Sleepy Hollow. Yeah. <laughs> then it will be renewed. It will be resurrected like a kebab crane. Um, <laughs> but my judgment is uh, it was okay. I I wish there was a little more uh, spirituality in it. There there was some, but not enough, and then it it, it presents a situation, but it, it um, 
it, it asks a question at the very end, which I don't think Mark Forster did a, a good enough job of presenting either way, whether he was for or against, whether this sort of violence in uh, God's name is condemnable or condonable. So in, in true postmodern fashion, it asks the question without expecting any answers, I guess, or trying not to provide any. And I, I didn't like that. Unlike a film like Red State, where we're talking about a different kind of bad Christianity, <laughs> but uh, Kevin Smith <laughs> is giving you his definite condemnation of what's going on there. There is no ca- sort of hint either way or the other uh, on this one, so that's why it just gets an okay. Uh, finally, uh, a bad review. I'm I'm me. I'm going to say that the fact that the movie got made is an endorsement of it. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, because otherwise I would never have heard of Sam Childers. So. All right, shall we mosey on over to the TV corner? Uh, Let's mosey. All right. Okay, so here we are in TV corner, and we're watching Sleepy Hollow, the show recently wrapped up its first season. Yes, and it will be getting a second. Yeah, it, it it was like one or two episodes in. Or had the show even come out and they confirmed a second season? No, it was it had started. Yeah. So, but yeah, they greenlit that sucker fast. I was surprised. Once again, Robert, to put off my stream of repressed epithets uh why don't you give a rundown for us <laughs> okay yeah this is usually your job so um okay sleepy hollow is uh based on the old no it's not <laughs> okay it like 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 world war z it takes the title from the old washington irving story uh a legend of sleepy hollow and it has uh ichabod crane who, at the beginning of the show, first scene, he is brought back to life in uh, a cave in the old town of Sleepy Hollow after being dead for 250 years and finds that the end times are nigh. He is part of uh, the plan. He was one of the two witnesses foretold in the Book of Revelation, which they do mispronounce as Revelations, at one of course point. they do. But then they they it was like second or third episode, and then they uh, they don't make that mistake anymore. So someone was like, no, no, no. Anyways, he and his partner, modern day crime fighter Abby Mills, is that right? Yeah, yeah. They are the two witnesses to stop the four horsemen of the apocalypse and uh, the the demon god Moloch from bringing about the end times and uh, the start of the apocalypse. We meet various demons and minions and uh, witches and warlocks. It, it's a dazzling mix of <laughs> of, uh, of gothic horror and new millennium uh, horror tropes. I think tropes is the right word. <laughs> yeah. The show picks up a little bit with the addition of one of our favorite character actors, John Noble. Who? Spoiler alert! Have you you watched the last show there, Mike? Yes, I watched the first two when they aired, and then I stopped. <laughs> and then I watched the first one with John Noble, and then I watched the two 
two-hour season finale. Okay. So, spoiler alert, John Noble is not only Ichabod Crane's son, who is also resurrected, but he's the second horseman of the apocalypse, the horseman of war. And and the uh, headless horseman is the horseman of death, the first horseman. So uh, maybe we will get to meet the, the second two horsemen in series two before it's canceled. Because so <laughs> a sci-fi show on Fox lasts two years. Uh, no, a sci-fi show on Fox lasts one year. I don't know why this thing got renewed. Maybe oh, it was right. a deal with the devil. <laughs> well, well, all right, all right can, I, can I get started now? Yeah, go ahead. This show is terrible. <laughs> I have no idea how this got renewed so quickly, let alone at all. It has bad, cheesy attempts at humor. As I mentioned, it, it bears absolutely no resemblance to the story of Ichabod Crane and the Headless Horseman that was written down. Kind of like how I hate Shakespeare and love because it bears no <laughs> resemblance to actual Shakespeare. Yes. And it, I hate this because it bears no resemblance to the story of Sleepy Hollow. Well, well apparently they a took, lot of people are watching you know, this. Some, some drunk guy had the idea what if the Headless Horseman was one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse and they made a show around it? Like Robert called the, all the horror stuff tropes. That's exactly what it is. They recycle every horror cliche you've ever heard of. In in the finale, um, Abby's sister's like, uh, they said there was going to be a sign. Well, they meant it literally. <laughs> and And it is. It's a sign on a church. It's... It's terrible. Like <laughs> the 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 corny attempts at at jokes. He accidentally finds himself at a reenactment and doesn't realize right away that it's fake. Really? Yeah. <laughs> or like his rant against uh, cell phones and uh, the way capitalism works nowadays and. I didn't see that. Um, I saw him using a cell phone and then complaining that his wasn't good enough. Yeah. And like every, you know, for someone to escape purgatory, another soul has to, you know, that kind of made up rules yes, that yes, just yes, yes. drive the made up plot along. Yeah. But this and show... John Noble turning out to be a bad guy and then delivering Shock! a bad guy spiel in front of them as they're bound. The signs were in front of you the whole time. I practically told you. I can't believe you didn't figure it out for yourselves before now. And then, and then they proceed to show you in flashback form <laughs> all the hints that he dropped in case you, the viewer, hadn't figured it out. In, yeah, in, in <laughs> case you hadn't watched every episode like me, I guess. Yeah, and well, they made the it first the first half of the season finale was all about tracking down a resurrected George Washington's map so they could find the way into purgatory. It's like American Horror Story colon National Treasure. It was, which which would have starred Nicolas Cage, by the way, if it were an actual show. Yeah. Yeah, well, hey, they might get Nicholas Cage gonna, to be the third. I'm going to bust into purgatory. Nicholas Cage plays Benjamin Franklin Gates and <laughs> Ghost Rider. 
Oh boy. <sighs> I will say it. this. I, I, I like the guy who plays Ichabod. He does reasonably pull off well enough a guy who is displaced from the eighteenth century. Yeah. He's he's okay. Yeah, he he's he's definitely a capable lead. I I see him going places in pilot season twenty fifteen. <laughs> and, and what about what about our one of our other favorite guest stars, uh, Clancy Brown? Uh, he's awesome. I he's got to eat too. SpongeBob can't last forever. Yeah, <laughs> but um, it's that way though. I <laughs> yeah, I I think it's horrible that they didn't acknowledge. The gravitas oh, of in him. the first episode they didn't make it. All right, spoiler alert because again, don't watch the show. This is <laughs> I, I'll I'll give you the the whole reason I watched. Like I said, I watched the first two episodes of this when it first came on because I heard Clancy Brown on a podcast, and in the trailer for the show, it gave away the fate of his character. He was beheaded by the headless horseman. And the the reason that's funny is he was beheaded in the first Highlander movie. And so I, I got to make the joke that um, there can only be one episode with Clancy Brown, which <laughs> which turned out not to be the case. They showed him in flashbacks a bunch, I guess. But yeah, he's not in every episode, but he's... as far as I know, they never acknowledged his previous cult classic beheading. No, they did not, which is a shame. In in a show filled with other puns and yeah. attempts to be witty, yeah, they they couldn't put in some meta humor. But um, you were saying the show is terrible. How did it get renewed? Well, apparently people are watching it. Murka. Yeah, and so... yeah, they're watching it because it's a non-scary horror show. Oh, look, honey, demons! Ooh, <laughs> it's um, just it it recycles. It's it's not actually scary. It's like, recycled, you know, hey, I heard about a demon named this. Let's put him on the show. Yeah. And and all the, the demons are, are they're very 21st century. Yeah. Like it, it bears no resemblance to actual occultism. Not that I know. Yeah, it, it's video game occultism. It's really yes. reminded me of like Silent Hill and, you know, that sort of thing, you know. That's a fantastic de- way to put it. Demons with no faces and they're, all, they're all, you know, white skin with leather aprons and, you know, that sort of thing. It's it's a quote unquote horror show on actual Fox. Yeah. As opposed to I've never watched it, but I hear American Horror Story is actually decent. That would never air on Fox. No, but no. this crap does. Yeah, I, I think they're trying to capitalize on the popularity of that show and shows like Supernatural and National Treasure and you know whatever other you know mongrel yeah. they want to throw into the mix there. Um, hey, this is popular. Let's rip it off. Yeah. Like the network execs they are. Yeah. And the the actual religion in here is it, it's <laughs> sketchy at best. Yeah, it, it's again video game religion, you know. Yeah. They 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 called resurrecting George Washington for a couple of days ungodly. That was about it. That's all the yeah. religion. Which and, and which... apparently there are actually four horsemen of the apocalypse mentioned in the Bible. Yeah. I, that's it. That's all the religion in the show. Yeah. Well, there was another episode. Oh, and, and his wife's in purgatory. Yeah. 
which isn't in the Bible. That's that's uh, a is that true? Con- yeah, that's the church concept. There's no. I did not know that. Yeah, purgatory is not in the Bible. It's just something that has been. It's more uh, traditional. There might there there might be some. Um, you need a Catholic to really explain that to you. I remember learning about purgatory in Sunday school. No, oh, yeah, because you went to Catholic Sunday school. Yeah, I just assumed it was in the Bible. No, it's not in there. Not explicitly. <laughs> All right, was, I'm uh... I'm I'm repressing a joke right now. <laughs> yeah, it well... is in poor taste. Oh, well, thank you, Mike, for your restraint. You're welcome. <laughs> but yeah, the, the revelation here, the religion is just the MacGuffin. I think too many people make the mistake of assuming that you know Revelation is a book to be taken literally. You know, it's it's a book of wild drug wild, trips. Yeah, it's it could have been. Who knows? Because it was written by the Apostle John. He had exiled himself to an island. Uh, I believe the island of Patmos. I have to double check that. But uh, these are the visions he saw. It starts out Christ comes to him and gives him a message to give to other churches. The first couple chapters are just Jesus talking to seven different churches. And then it gets and, in... and Jesus has already been dead for several years at this point. Uh, yes. Okay. Yeah. So this is there's there's clue number one right there. Yeah, and then it, it's not chronological. It's it, it's very stream of consciousness. All these images of things that are happening at the end of times, and it's there's a very good book I just read in, in my studies, my theological studies at Malone. It's called The Beginning and the End, looking at the Book of Genesis and the Book of Revelation, and I've gone on my diatribe about Genesis and it was interesting to to see what this author had was writing about both of them his name was uh, Paul P A H L and it's basically said you can't take either of these books at face value you have to look at other books that were written in the same genre like Genesis you have to look at other creation stories like the Enuma Elish which is a uh, the Mesopotamian creation story Babylonian and Revelation is apocalyptic literature. So if you look at other apocalypses, which, they, interestingly enough, they do bring this up in the very last uh, scene on uh, the season finale of Sleepy Hollow, that it means to reveal, a revealing. Uh, it literally means to, to draw back. Yeah, I, I, I bet somebody thought they were really clever when they yeah. worked that in. Yeah, and uh, but then you read the book of Revelation and you're like, this isn't revealing anything to me, <laughs> but it was it was written at a time of extreme persecution in the church. Christians were getting killed left and right. They were being excluded from society, and this was it was written basically to give people hope. And is the the images and the symbols meant it meant something to the people who was written to at the time, and it was basically keep hope, stick to the faith because your reward is being with Jesus in heaven. That's the point of the book. It's not, okay, there's a code in here, and if we decode it, then we can figure out <laughs> when the end time is going to be, when it's going to happen, who it's going to happen to. And it, it's, you know, I had to chuckle all the way through this because they're like, oh, we could stop the apocalypse. And it's like, <laughs> if Jesus is coming again, there's nothing we can do about it. There's nothing the devil can do yeah, about but, it. It's but just going to happen. Show, on the show, the apocalypse is not Jesus coming again. It's this Moloch guy. Yeah. Is, is um how many books of the Bible is Moloch in? He's in none. Oh, oh. <laughs> he was he was this uh, to borrow a phrase um, a crusty Mesopotamian god. Um, 
who basically there was a lot of these religions in there was Baal worship, uh, Moloch in Canaan at the time that the the Jews were coming in after their their exodus from Egypt, and they're pretty despicable. They were the kinds of people that you know Gerard Butler would go in and mow down with a machine gun, <laughs> uh, child sacrifice, lots of S and M kind of stuff in worship of a god. Because the country of Israel has a, a fertile valley going through. It's part of the, the Fertile Crescent. And you have the River Jordan going through. And there's mount, kind of mountains on either side. And you can grow things on the on these mountains when stuff when it rains. And you, know, you have a good rainy season. But if not, it, it seems like the desert takes over and the place dries up and you, you starve. And this is recorded in the Bible. You know, years of famine, years of fat and those kinds of things. So um, I, I think they wrote a musical about that, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyways, people would worship Moloch and worship Baal because they believed that, you know, things would grow and life would be born out of the ground because these gods in the sky, uh, basically the rain was their sperm. And so to to get these guys to to rain to get these gods to rain you had to turn them on <laughs> so you that's why you would go you would go to the temple of Baal and you'd see there's a temple of prostitutes they had male and female prostitutes whatever you want it, oh this isn't working there's no rain so maybe he's like kinky and likes pain so they would tattoo themselves that's why there's lots of laws against tattoos and oh, if you read Deuteronomy and Leviticus all the stuff in there was like so the Jews would not look anything like these Baal worshippers or Moloch worshippers or any of the the other religions in Canaan because it was detestable to him. He didn't want either his child sacrifice because all this S&M stuff isn't working. That isn't turning him on. So what's the worst kind of pain possible? Uh, well, a mother losing her child or father losing his child. So let's start sacrificing babies. So... You know, maybe that will Makes turn on the sense. God. That's a that's a perfectly rational, yeah, uh, next step. So it, you know, this is this is kind of stuff I learn in in graduate school. So I'm like, <laughs> I'm getting my money's worth. I'm so, learning here for free. So so this is this. <laughs> I ripped off again. Uh, so yeah, so this is the kind of uh, God the the Moloch that. That Ichabod Crane and Abby Mills are are fighting against. So, but so so after the the drunk dude who first came up with the idea sobered up, he actually did a little of little bit of historical research and then threw all that out the window and just co opted the name. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because because okay. really, if you read Revelation, you know the four horsemen aren't under the rule of Satan or the devil. Mm. Apparently, I don't need to read Revelation. I've seen Sleepy Hollow and Left Behind. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, so th- these these are unleashed at the proclamation of God. So they're talking about the breaking of the seal, and it, it's it, it's very bad. Uh, at the, like the last thing um, on the show you see, I want to say Walter. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Henry Parrish was his yeah. fake name. I don't yeah. remember. Oh, Jeremy. It was... Yeah. Jeremy Crane. Yeah. But he Not to be confused with Denny Crane. <laughs> uh well, we could go on about him, but anyways, uh, he he's got the seal with this it's got like evil looking stuff on it and he breaks it and he's like war has come to Sleepy Hollow or some some uh, stuff. Can like I can that. I can I? Yes, go ahead. 
I have brought war to Sleepy Hollow at last. <laughs> you do it so much better than me. <laughs> but, but yeah, I had to throw that in. Yeah, it, I can't do it without saying Peter. <laughs> <laughs> the rule of Gondor is mine. So that's that's the one I can do. You are half the man of your brother. But, I don't know any Denethor lines, sorry. But, uh, yeah, it's... The show is sensational. And it's it's really good at grabbing viewers. It, it uses... Oh, here's a good one. I, I just came up with this. Um, it uses Christianity and the Bible the same way Stargate used uh, ancient Egyptian religion. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It really you're, does. You're absolutely right. <laughs> So he, he You're absolutely really... right. I hated that show too, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. <laughs> so it um, it, it kind of co-ops like a, a general kind of knowledge of like, oh, everyone knows uh, Revelation and the Four Horsemen. You know, it gets really sketchy when they dig into the details because they're just not right. So, so that's my final judgment yeah, because, on Sleepy be, Hollow, man. Because if they did have the facts and details right, it would be the '99 Club. <laughs> Which is going to be our TV corner on next week's no, or no. next month's checking the game. No, please no. <laughs> okay, so your final judgment on Sleepy Hollow, if we have to ask. <laughs> Enjoy your second season, folks. I won't be watching. <laughs> yeah, I I found myself at the end. I was trying to binge watch it, and I, I you know I felt like I was doing something wrong, like eating too much ice cream, like <laughs> like actual binge eating. <laughs> Trying to get through Sleepy Hollow, so yeah, it's uh, it, it has a, a few good moments of dramatic television. I I enjoyed some of the humor. I think a little more than Mike, just because I have a bad sense of humor and I like everything. But I don't think I'll be watching season two either. I, I just I just can't make myself do it, and that's my final judgment. Okay. Moving on then, uh, next week, next week, that's the second time I've done that. Uh, <laughs> next month, uh, we're bringing episode, quality back. We're bringing that's right. quality back to the podcast. We're bringing quality back. We're going to actually do a movie I really like that does not have Gerard Butler in it, but it does have singing. Uh, it's another one of my favorite musicals, Les Miserables. I, I was really impressed with how they did the movie, and it's got uh, some religious content in it, and more so in the book. Uh, which I read after having seen the movie. So I will uh, expound upon that. And uh, in TV Corner, a uh, miniseries uh, from England called The Second Coming, starring ninth Doctor Christopher Eccleston. Yes, and interestingly enough, also written by Russell T. Davies, who resurrected Doctor Who for us back in 2005. Robert, he regenerated it. Oh, yes, sorry. I got my nomenclatures confused. <laughs> but uh, it's available uh, on DVD. The Miz is out on Blu-ray and DVD. And I'm not is sure Lane Miz on Amazon Prime streaming? I'm not sure. It could be. You might have two to... seconds. I can check. Yeah, you probably have to pay for it, though. I can't imagine. Well, that, no, that's what I meant. Is it for... It did just come out, so maybe not. Nope, it's not. Sorry. Never mind. Don't get your, got your hopes up. Yeah. Go to your local Redbox. Yeah. Because now that Blockbuster is officially defunct... Uh, I'm going to go out on limb and say, go ahead and buy it. Yeah. It's that good. I, I would agree. But we'll save our in-depth review for next time. 
Yes. Uh, so until then, you could uh, send us an email at cggpodcast at yahoo.com. You can tweet us at uh, cggpodcast. Uh, you can Facebook us on our Facebook page, uh, uh, CTG Podcast as well. And also find us on our website. We can download all our episodes and uh, see our little uh, blog posts and uh, show notes uh, there as well, uh, ctgpodcast.com. And I am at Michael M. Patty on Twitter, so please uh, check me out and follow me, and that's all. Listen to my drivel. That's all right. I dribble a lot, too. (laughs) So uh, until then, this is Robert saying keep the faith. And Mike saying peace out.